Welcome to The Offering, a bi-monthly conversation between four friends who share their experiences from an intersectional lens. My name is Christy. I'm Girabina. I'm Josie. And I'm Paola. Okay. <laughs> Welcome to The Offering, episode nine. Woo! We are back, Backington. And we also have Miss Jerabina back with us. What up? Hey. We are whole again. I'm so happy to be back, y'all. I missed y'all. I missed we missed you, we missed you too. We missed you too. It was a sad, sad time. It was not that sad. But it was great. No, y'all didn't. <laughs> it was also sad. Oh, wow. but, we, but we missed you. It was not a sad, sad time. It was sad because we missed it. We missed your input, you know? Yeah. When you be asking questions and then I'm like... I don't fucking know. <laughs> <laughs> no, y'all held it down. Y'all did y'all thing. I'm proud of y'all. Thank you. So let's do this. Okay. Today's episode, we're talking about perfectionism and dealing with imposter syndrome. Um, but before we do that, we have is canceled. Mm, mm, what mm, you got mm. for us, P? Well, so you know, you know how now Kim Kardashian is a. DK activist. DK. Because, you know, she's been advocating and she she actually helped to get this woman out of prison with um, the 45th. And now everyone is jumping, like really well-known publications are jumping to call her an activist. And I find this shit to be like wildly offensive mm-hmm. because I feel like people literally put their lives at risk to be activists. They put their well-being, their welfare at risk. And like for her to just get this title, it's just like... It's disrespectful. It is. Mm-hmm. It's wildly disrespectful. And it's also like, why can't we just call it what it is? Like, Kim Kardashian uses her fame for something good. Yeah. Or she's an activist in training. Or she's activist adjacent to the adjacent of activism. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> like, why do we have to feel the need to label? Mm-hmm. And, like, label people who have fame and fortune with, like, such positive things. Like, it's kind of like we have to give them these accolades mm-hmm. that they never earned. Mm-hmm. It's like when famous people get these PhDs from their schools. Yeah. I'm like, oh, okay. Okay, so fuck, fuck studying for five years. Okay? And then spending sleepless nights and multiple, multiple breakdowns and like crying. <laughs> just go do something and then they'll give you a PhD for free and it'll just be an honorary PhD. Not to say, some people did earn it and they have the knowledge of a regular PhD person, but some people have not. Mm-hmm. So that's what we canceled. The idea that like you could just get a title without the work that goes behind it. Yes. And if you disagree with me, let me know, please. DM or email. <laughs> Not on the video. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So just to jump into the conversation around um, perfectionism and imposter syndrome. Um, what is imposter syndrome? How do we describe it? So... To me, imposter syndrome um, is a couple of different things, right? It's this idea that, you know, you have this, like, irrational, or at least irrational to others, um, this, like, fear of, like, being found out, like, what you're doing, because, you know, that imposter syndrome typically affects folks that are, um, you know, ambitious, very driven, accomplished right so they have this like irrational fear that they're going to be found out right that they're like a fraud Mm -hmm. um imposter syndrome also manifests itself in being um unable to like really take a compliment right so you know if someone says like wow you know you like really killed it on in that paper or on the presentation 
you know, someone who may be struggling with imposter syndrome may say like, oh, you know, that was nothing or like, no, that was just luck or, you know, may definitely like downplay um, like their greatness. Well, to me, like that's what I think about when I think about imposter syndrome. I think about like women or people of color who are in academic settings or in, in their careers and feel like they're not good enough or they're not mm-hmm. capable of doing something despite getting into a, gra- into a grad school program or having been hired and doing all these really awesome things that they've had done in the past because they are fucking popping, but just thinking about um, like doubting yourself and feeling like you're not able to, you're not good enough. And that self-doubt is real. And, you know, I think a lot of times when we're in white spaces, we feel like we don't belong. We feel like all of these things, like we're not smart enough, we're not intelligent enough. And so we start criticizing ourselves rather than giving ourselves credit where credit is due. Uh, And so I know that we've kind of been talking about like, you know, our own um, um, imposter syndrome. No, no, no. Our own, like, um, understandings of imposter syndrome, but I also wanted to just provide what Psychology Today says. Um, Imposter syndrome is the low constant rumbling of insecurity, fraudulence, or self-doubt that strikes successful individuals. Even when there's plenty of evidence to the contrary, the feeling persists. Ironically, it most frequently rears its head after an especially notable achievement, like winning an award, passing an important exam, or earning a promotion. Mm -hmm. So, like, we're all right, but also want folks to know that like we're not making this up right like this is actually a thing it's not a diagnosis um it's just like a phenomenon right something that folks um, we know what we're talking about (laughs) aka yeah you know it's really crazy because i feel like when i learned the term imposter syndrome it was like you know like in your head when like everything clicks and it's like Mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, it was a really good sound effect. It was a moment. It was a moment. I was like, wow, this is what I've been feeling all of my life. Because it's like, it's almost like I feel like I have this like supernatural ability to take anything positive that happens, any achievement, and just be like, but this is what really happened. This mm-hmm. is how. I didn't earn this. It was given to me because someone fell back for me. Mm-hmm. And it's like a fucked up thing to do because it's like, it's almost like. I, I refuse to accept my own greatness. Mm-hmm. I refuse to see that I work hard and that my work has, like, fruits that are positive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that also kind of comes from fear, right? Fear of having to own that greatness. Because if mm-hmm. I accept that, like, I earn these things, and you have to do something with it. You cannot just yeah. sit mm-hmm. and just take it in peace. Whereas if, if, if it was just, if you're here by mistake, if no one knows that you're finessing them, it's like, well, I gotta... I gotta stay low key. I gotta, yeah. I gotta, fin- I gotta continue to finesse my way without making too much noise. Yeah. And we gotta let that go and start making noise and rumbling our way through shit because we're loud. Our steps are loud, and the things that we have to say are loud and they matter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think for me, you know, being the first in my family to go to college, being the oldest of four, I've always felt like. I've had to be perfect because I'm setting the tone for my siblings and I couldn't mess up because they're looking up to me and I have to, you know, play the part so that, you know, there's a road that's already created for them. But with that, like, I realized, like, I lost myself in the way because I was trying to be something that I, I, I wasn't, you know, trying to be this perfect person and whatever. And so when I was an undergrad, everything just, like, fell apart and I went to therapy But that worked itself out. But I think, you know, even still now, like, I'll apply to, like, jobs or certain things. And and I'll be 
self-doubting myself but my resume is lit and i'm like mm-hmm. jerbina like what mm-hmm. are you doing like you need to be nicer to yourself you need to be you know easier on and yeah i mean i think there's a lot of pressure <clears throat> if you are like the first in your family to you know go to college or you know or be like successful in terms of having like a really well-paying job um so there's there's a lot of pressure that forces that kind of like lands on our shoulders at Mm -hmm. least for me in terms of like I have to do this and I have to do a really good job of it and I know that I'm capable but now I'm at the next level now I'm in grad school now I have a full-time job and I have to supervise other people like Mm -hmm. oh shit I really can't fuck up or Mm -hmm. else or else I'm going to be found out. Or else I'm going to get fired. Like, the, the, you know, the first time that I make a mistake. Um, yeah, it's almost like this um, cognitive dissonance where it's like, I have done all of these great things. All of these amazing things. Mm-hmm. But if one or half of one goes wrong, then I am a failure yeah. and it doesn't matter. Yeah. It's almost like, what is the math here? Because it makes it's like one plus one is ten. No, like it makes no sense. It makes no sense. But yeah, it's so real. It's almost like I find myself obsessing over the smallest thing. Like Mm. it's like everyone might ignore this big thing, but it is this little thing, this minor thing, my new thing that only I noticed. That's really gonna let them in to see the mess. (laughs) And it's like it's it's wild. wild So like, how do y'all how do y'all deal? Because I mean, we're all really successful in in our you know, in different ways. Um, right, we're all ambitious and driven. I mean, we, yeah, we go to really... We popping. We popping, but we go to really interesting school. So, um, yeah, we have to, we have to own that. Um, but how do, how do we, how do we deal with, you know, those, those bouts of imposter syndrome? I think it's really important to have a supportive have a support system and be able to talk about it. Because mm-hmm. without without y'all like boosting me up the first year, that shit would have been a, a more of a hot mess. <laughs> um, but you know, like for us to be able to be like, you know, you're popping, you deserve to be here. I'm also popping. Like I know we've like doubted our writing so much mm. in our first year. Oh my gosh, yeah. And like, hello, some people here don't even know how to write a cover page. Oh, it's an APA style, right? Oh, you know. Yes. Like, sir, <laughs> sir. Once you get to grad school and you can't do APA, like, you can't cite. You can't Google? And this citing is not, like, super intense. APA like, is it's easy not. compared to MLA or Chicago. Like, like after, right. I think, like, after, like, a month or two, I was like, like, yeah. I was, it was yeah. just, you knew how to do it. Also, but Google. Anyway. <laughs> it's free. Yeah. But I also think, like, those moments were the moments where I was also like, wow. Like, what a difference, what a difference privilege makes in life. <laughs> because I would never, like, I will die if I raise my hand in a, in a room of, like, 40 people. And I ask in front of, I turn on my mic, because this is UN style rooms. You turn on your mic, and then you speak to the mic, right? And I turn on my mic, and I speak to, for everyone to hear, and I'm like, how do you write a cover page? Wait, 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 so that happened in your class? That happened in, in Fabi's class. Shit, was I not there? Maybe not. And and this, I want to also kind of sign out here. This is not meant to be shaming. It's kind of like also like talking about this was a white person. Mm-hmm. And I say that like there's nothing wrong with them acknowledging that they don't know how to do something. It's the fact that if I would have done that, I would have literally died. 
Because I would have felt like everyone would have been like, bitch, you're so dumb. Mm-hmm. Because. How, don't you, how do you not know? Because yeah. I'm a woman of color in this room. Right. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I have to prove why I'm here and that I belong yeah. here with everything I do. Mm-hmm. Everything. The way I, t- I touch that button. Mm-hmm. The way I, I approach the mic. Because if you get too <laughs> close, really, my tone of voice. Mm-hmm. Am I too loud? Do I sound too ghetto? These are all of the thoughts that go through your head when you're yeah. moving in this space. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you know, this space wasn't meant for us. So it's still predominantly why we're trying to navigate this. But I feel like we really need to get into a place where we're giving ourselves credit and we're easy on ourselves. Like you're doing the best you can. You know, and keep that positive voice in the back of your mind because we're lit as fuck. People of color are lit and we don't give ourselves enough credit for all the amazing mm-hmm. things that we do because we always feel like we're not doing enough or we need to be better or this and that. But you're okay the way you are right now at this moment. Yeah. I think uh, for me, I um, the compliment piece is what I struggle with probably the most. Is when people give me compliments or like attempt to celebrate me, I always like downplay because it it's if it just feels too like raw and like vulnerable. It's kind of like I don't know if y'all ever um, struggled with like looking at people in the eyes, and I think I've mentioned mm-hmm. this before. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's so I feel like like just like fire is on me because it's I always feel like your eyes are like the windows mm-hmm. to your soul, you know. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's like. When someone gives me a compliment, I have to sit in that. I'm like, fuck. <laughs> right? Like, it's just so hard. So, you know, I it's so instinctual so many, when someone compliments me to just be like, oh, no, but that I just literally have to, like, pause, like, a good, like, five seconds, look at the person and say thank you and just keep it pushing. Even mm-hmm. though inside of my head, I'm like, no, 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 no. I just have to, like, literally yeah. force myself. So that's one thing, like, concrete thing. Mm-hmm. that I do and I think for me it's also grounding myself in like a few things reflection and like seeing myself and recognizing um, how does this serve me right now mm-hmm. how does feeling like this serves me how is this pushing me forward or holding me back and I think that definitely for me showed up in like the professional space where it's like I'm working harder than everyone around mm-hmm. me but because I have this imposter syndrome, because I'm on, un- I'm unable because of that. I'm unable to see how good I'm doing. Therefore, I'm also unable to advocate for what I actually deserve. Mm-hmm. Like I'm out here, I deserve a raise today, because I'm doing better than anyone around me. And like if you because of these things, if you're not able to check them, then you're you're not advocating for yourself in the way in the way that you deserve. Mm-hmm. I think for me, it's all about like how. How can I can I become better for myself mm-hmm. so that I could be better for other people? Mm-hmm. And that, that really, grounding myself in that really helped me to, like, push myself forward and being like, is this coming from fear? Is this coming from an external place? Where is this coming from targeting that? And then kind of, like, working, kind of, like, dismantling it mm-hmm. a little by little. I also wonder... Um... Like, what, like, the process, right? We always talk about, mm-hmm. or not that we always talk about, but I, I know that we're all being really mindful of not just talking about the outcome, but kind of, like, the process. Mm-hmm. I, I'm also wondering if there was, like, a moment or a time or, you know, did, did like, some really, like, crazy or, like, intense thing happen that for us was, like, oh, shit, this is imposter syndrome. I'm, like, I need to change it. Mm-hmm. you know like what was that process like was it like little small pieces and then you like read something mm-hmm. or someone said something to you and then that got you thinking like um you know i think it would be great for our listeners to kind of mm-hmm. get like an inside look to mm-hmm. the moment from you know how, how did we get from or how are we getting through yeah. 
you know, that process of like, no, I'm a fraud to like, wait, maybe I'm not a fraud, mm-hmm. you know? That was that too deep. No, I think it's important. No, I think it's yeah. definitely fair. I think it's for me, it's a mixture of both. It was a little bit at a time and then all at once. Mm. Um, I think the first time I heard of imposter syndrome, I was in my first job city year. Mm-hmm. And I was I was feeling like I was like, Oh my god, I don't belong here, whatever, whatever. And I was talking to someone, I can't remember who and or maybe watch a tech talk there was something around there that was talking about it and I was like you know that moment that's (laughs) that's when that happened and then I started after I knew the term I was able to start to identify Mm. where that was showing up in my life Mm. where I was like oh I don't deserve this but then it was like but all of the proof says that you do Mm. right and then came applying, and then applying to jobs was also like really triggering for that, mm. and and the, and being self aware at those times, like what are the times that are most triggering for you, so that you could then identify the feeling and and then pull it apart, being like where is this coming from? Is this coming from me not wanting to not not wanting to do this interview because it's scary, um, not wanting to get this job because I feel like I'm not gonna do good. If I don't do good, that means I'm a failure. You know, like figuring out where that's coming from, and then the biggest thing was applying to grad school. Mm-hmm kind of like everyone was like you should apply to all of these like highly competitive schools and in my head I was like I'm smart but I'm not that smart mm, you yeah, know downplay right, right right because even smartness has like a range right right <laughs> and all of the white women around me were like you should apply to like Harvard Columbia and I was like bitch like <laughs> you crazy <laughs> And so, but I took that process really, because that's the thing, when you're someone that's like as amazing as we are, you take this shit very seriously. I took it very seriously. Like, a bitch went to Chicago. I went to Boston. What? I met with deans. I was, I was, I was wow. out here. And then it paid off because everyone was also telling me like how, oh, you know, there's no money and you're not, you're going to get a horrible financial package. And I always say, don't listen to what people say because you make your own narrative too. Yeah. You have that power. And I got two full rides offered to me for social work. Mm-hmm. And when I got those scholarships, I had a mental breakdown. I was like, this is a mistake. Oh, my God. Oh my God. <laughs> after putting all that work, after traveling, meaning, like, you know, I earned those things. My application yeah. was really strong. And I could say that now. But at the time, I was like, I need to go talk to the person who's made this decision. I need them to tell me why they gave this to me and not to somebody else that I think is more deserving. Wow. wow. Right? It's crazy. Yeah. But then you have to, and then after you're over the freak out, I had to sit with myself and being like, no, no, no. You put out a great application. You are deserving. You are worthy. You got this. So stop questioning it. And now decide what you're going to do with that opportunity. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. Yeah, y'all. <laughs> you better start telling people about this shit. <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure it's going to help someone who's listening out there, you know? I don't know that I can remember, like, the moment for me. For sure. Yeah. I think for me, it was last year when I first read, it was an article, I don't know, someone sent it to me, and it was about imposter syndrome, and I was like, oh, 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 I was reading on my way, <laughs> on my way to school, and I was like, oh. Yep. Are you feeling personally attacked? <laughs> I was trying to diagnose myself. I'm like, is this me? And I was like, oh my God, this is me. Like, it wasn't all in my mind. Like, this is a thing. It wasn't mm-hmm. It wasn't just me. And I was like, you know, maybe 
I doubt myself or maybe I'm trying to be this perfect person because of what society has told me to be and how to act as a woman of color in white spaces. And when I read that article, I was like, okay, so I'm not bugging. Like, this is a thing. There's other women out here who are also struggling with it and I'm not alone, mm -hmm. you know? And then when I read that and I understood, you know, where these things come from, I think I got to a point where... I was like, I'm not going to to doubt myself because I got to this school, like I've accomplished all of these things, but I think I had a name for it, so I didn't no longer blame myself for it, mm -hmm. you know? But I mean, I still self-doubt myself. I'm just now getting to a place where I'm starting to realize, mm, I'm lit, so I'm good, you know? Mm -hmm. But I'm still like dealing with it, like it hasn't been completely gone, you know? Mm -hmm. yeah, for sure. Um, I think you said something that kind of like um, started to jog my memory about the resume. Mm -hmm. I think um, when I when I was applying to graduate school, um, that's kind of you know obviously I was applying to graduate school, so I had to like submit a resume. Um, but I hadn't like really looked at my resume in like over a year because I had taken a year off. Um, and I think kind of like you are saw my resume and I was like, okay, so my resume is now two pages. I cannot cut this down anymore because I've just done so many great things. You have I... two masters. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Right. Exactly. Um, and then I remember feeling like this, like real, like deep sense of like pride, mm -hmm. but like also being like too afraid to like show it or say anything to anyone. I remember like sitting at my desk and looking at my, at my laptop and looking at my resume and I was like, yo, like what was I thinking? Like, this is like so dope, but not feeling confident enough to like share that pride do with anyone. Do you think folks will think you're being arrogant or do you think it's just all of the stuff of feeling like I'm not enough? I, uh, no, it's not arrogant because I'm a little arrogant, like naturally, right? So, like, <laughs> yeah. yes or yes. Yes or yes. Agreed, <laughs> but that's good. I'm definitely like a little, like, arrogant? I know that I'm not confident. Yeah. Yes. Okay, yes. Confident. I'm, I'm confident. I'm naturally, like, confident. And underneath that, right? Because mm -hmm. I, I know, but I, I also know that underneath that, it's like, this like these feelings of like worth, right? Which is why I think mm. for a long time I just kept thinking like I have to um, continuously get more degrees and more education because like what I've done is not enough, yeah. right? And so like honestly, if it wasn't for like state regulations, I would not be getting. I and and, and there was another way to do this type of like healing work. I would have done that instead of getting a degree. You know what I mean? Mm. So that's really the only reason that I'm that I'm. I mean, not the only reason, but yeah. Um, that I'm getting the, this degree, but you know, I was just like, no, because I'm not worthy, I have to continuously prove that I am by getting these degrees, even though I know that I'm the shit. Yeah. It, it's a fuckery. I don't know. Mm -hmm. It's 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 like both. Yeah. It's like I know, but there's still more. I can right. be even more confident, and I need these degrees to even be more confident. You it's talk dumb. about it. It's duality. Like both things dumb. can be real at the same time and equally true. Multiple truths. Yeah. Right. You're right. You're right. And in talking about process, like I think it's important to recognize that self doubt, it's going to be present. Like this work, I've been doing it for a few years now, and it's like imposter syndrome. It tends to always be there. It's just that I get faster to the point of realizing my greatness 
in a short amount of time. Mm-hmm. It used to take me weeks or months. Now it might take me an hour, maybe a few minutes, depending on the situation. And that's part of the growth. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think it's like it's you're going to completely eradicate. And if you do, like, amazing. But also recognize your growth in that process. Mm-hmm. Um, affirmations really help me when I feel like I feel that self-doubt kind of creeping up. Um, and also thinking about like over the summer when I was working with youth, um, and I had some moments where I was like really insecure and like really hard on myself. And I was just thinking about like how it's really hard for me to like hide my feelings. And so when that actually like plays out in working with youth and how that like me doubting myself in front of them is actually makes me do a worse job mm-hmm. than me just being like, yo, this is what it is. Y'all gonna listen to me. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, um, that's something that I'm like continuing to work on. Um, when I do feel like that insecure and that self doubt and that imposter syndrome kind of creeps up, it's just these affirmations that I am capable and impactful. Yeah. Yo, there's something that I almost forgot. One of the biggest things that really helped me, I watched this TED talk about this white woman who was in business school and she talked about not fake it until you make it, fake it until you become it. Mm. And that comes from a place like you already have what you need inside you. You just need to believe in it mm. Yeah. and fake it until you believe in it so hard that your truth is out there. Yeah. And I think that that's the thing that really helped me like a lie was like, you know what? Like, even if I feel like I don't have this, I'm going to pretend I'm going to pretend until it's real. How you have to do that with a healthy balance because mm-hmm. you also don't want to <laughs> don't want to be delusional, you know. <laughs> but but with that said, like I think it, I think that that really helped me. And the thing about affirmations, get an affirmation cards deck. Mm. When I when I'm like I'm starting field on Monday, I'm gonna, I'm going to be definitely pulling affirmation cards for that day just to ground myself in some positivity. All right, so for recommendations for this episode, um, we really want y'all to check out um, Sister PhD. They have a blog. It's five women of color who met during their, um, when they were getting their PhD, and they all struggle with everything that we've been talking about, and they came together and they started a blog, and they have an article, a blog titled, for colored girls who are unsure and it just goes into in depth of everything that we talked about and it also at the end ends with a really really beautiful um affirmation which we're going to end with so here it is but check it out you are enough you know what you are doing you are here for a reason your knowledge and experience is valid we see you you matter you are enough Your mistakes don't make you any less valuable. The things you may not know do not invalidate your expertise. Being in the presence of someone who may be better in a particular area does not make you any less capable. You are enough. Do not downplay who you are. Do not dim your light. Do not quiet your voice. Do not back up from the table. Do not convince yourself not to do it. You are enough. You are real. You are here for a reason. Know it. Believe it. Act it like it. Yes. yes. And with that, we done. Bye, y'all. Bye. Bye. See y'all next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.